Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I think it just showed you, um, you know, my work. Um, and I, I've been doing this a, lo- a long time at a, at a high level. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's pressure. Just because I felt like even when I was in Cincy, um, when I was when I was a young guy, I, I was a leader in a way, you know. So I think everywhere I've been, every stop that I've made, um, I've been a leader, you know. And that's not necessarily saying, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do and I'm be the one that's talking all the time and stuff like that. I, I like to show. Um, and I, I think, you know, as you, as you could look at my career, um, that's, that's what you see. Dorsett? That's a good guess right there. Who's? Uh, uh, Marvin Jones, I would say. Dorsett? They was probably asked about leadership with Every, Dorsett. Marvin Jones. Everywhere he's been, he's been the Lions, hasn't he? Has he been anywhere else? Cincy? Uh, he, he mentioned yeah, something so. about Cincy. Yeah, he's been in Cincinnati. Oh. Let me... Hold on here. We got to get the Carfax. Yeah. (laughs) Check the Fifth round pick of the uh, the Bengals. Mm. Okay. Played at Cal, by the way. Okay. His uh, first, you know, know, one thing you like about this guy, hasn't missed a ton of games. No. Knock on wood. Played uh, 11 games his rookie year, then 16, 16, 15, 16. Played nine years in 2000, uh, nine years, nine games in 2018, then played 16 and 16. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, had a thousand yard year in Detroit in 2017, uh, 18 yards a catch. And then again, the touchdowns are there, man. Even in 2013 with Cincinnati. Yeah. Ten touchdowns. So the yeah. guy knows how to get in well, the I mean, end zone. That, that's all from two games, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he, I'm telling you, that's what he does. Every single year, but he's hey, got that four-touchdown game. four-touchdown game wins you a game, then I, you, it's worth a W. Maybe in the playoffs. <laughs> why not? Let's go. <laughs> so uh, it is pretty incredible. I mean, he's got 51 touchdowns, 690 – I'm sorry, 423 catches. Yeah. What Impressive. is that? What's that equal? That's like one every eight and a half catches is a touchdown. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah. That you're, seems like a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to do some work not, on that. Do some work on that for sure. That's a, yeah, that's Hey, Shipley well, or Demetrius at, Harvey or dude, somebody, go at, do yeah. some work on that. So Give me back some analytics. In, back in 2013, t- talk to Tony Khan. Um, back in 2013, he had 51 receptions for 10 touchdowns. So that's a touchdown every five receptions. Yeah. I like that. It's a touchdown machine is I what like that, that is. I like that a lot. But anyway, had some had good years with his boy. Quiet when you. I guess when you. He's he's really been overshadowed. Yeah. I mean, now most recently Galladay in Detroit, you can be overshadowed anyway because you're not doing that great. But you got yeah. Stafford throwing you the football, and there's everybody else are trying to uh, work in whether it was Hawkinson to the drafted top ten, mm-hmm. and then in Cincinnati you got AJ Green, of course, and that's all you really think about when you think about receivers for Cincinnati. So, uh, did you like him going to the Cardinals? By the way, I I think to me that was almost a. Uh, Worse. First of all, the deal wasn't big. It was like one year, eight and a half million dollars. So, so it's not ain't crazy. It's not going to kill you. Same with the J.J. Watt thing. Yeah. But I think J.J. Watt has more left than A.J. Green. Green really feels like he's falling off the table, man. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, a lot of injuries, but injuries are what happens when you get a little older. Mm-hmm. And once you get hurt, it's hard to get healthy. And I think they paid too much for J.J. Watt. I think they're getting the downside of J.J. Watt. I think they're getting the downer side mm-hmm. of A.J. Green. But maybe it all blossoms and comes together like it did in Tampa. Uh, it, it did in Jacksonville a little bit for 
the free agency hits. It did in Denver for the free agency hits. Of course, Denver and Jacksonville got younger players on the rise. Mm. This feels a little bit more like a grab of, of some of the things that Tampa did. To get people like the Gronk, can he yeah. still produce, right? Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, uh, not old, but iffy. True. You know, that's what it feels like Arizona's doing a little bit here. And when you do that, you roll that dice, you better hope a lot of it hits. Yeah. Like, you're looking for a lot of hits. You are. In, in, in a risky time frame. The thing, though, with Arizona is that you're trying to turn back the hands of time a little bit. Right. Yeah. Because in, in, in Tampa Bay... And we, we broke the stat down before. It's still crazy to believe, but like Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey are the same age. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't. Does not make no. any sense. But they well, are. Gronkowski looked a lot younger this year. He did. He did. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all that CBD that he was doing. Like, I mean, seriously, if you want to talk about a good endorsement for I, CBD, I would imagine he's doing look, it. Look right? at Gron- yeah, he has yeah. his own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's got his own brand. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but then Antonio Brown as well. Like, never age was never the factor with Antonio Brown. It was the off the field stuff, obviously, and all the distractions. If you look at right now in Arizona, though, like, yes, age is a factor for J.J. Watt. And obviously age is a factor for A.J. Green as well. So it's kind of the same narrative of what you're talking about in Tampa Bay, but it's different because you're trying to turn back the hands of time a little bit and get the best out of A.J. Green and J.J. Watt. Now, who knows? Maybe they find the fountain of youth, and they do. But I always just – it's hard to go toe-to-toe with Father Time sometimes, unless Uh, you're Tom Brady. Absolutely. And uh, so we'll see. Maybe they still have something left. Yeah. I think Arizona took a big risk that those guys have something left. And you're not wrong. Uh, We will find out. Brett Martin of Austin Lane, uh, Football at Five here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I just put this out there. Historically, which positions have the Jacksonville Jaguars struggled to find talent? And so... Here's lead. Let me let me let me lead off the game, okay? (laughs) Quarterback. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So you look at the quarterback spot. Obviously, Brunel, the best quarterback in franchise history. I always say David Garrard is way underrated and less appreciated than he should have been. I think he was first of all a fourth round guy who delivered way more than anybody thought he would. Mm -hmm. And I always thought people would appreciate Garrard's play and performance more after he was done. And I think if you look back a decade now, I think that is true. I think people appreciate what Garrard did. Now, he was never one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, you're not wowed by him at what he did at the position. But he really was effective at the quarterback position, especially if you look at what the Jaguars have done since. And so now you look at recent history. And Blake Bortles is by far the best quarterback that they've had. You know, uh, from a production standpoint, I mean, he got to the AFC Championship game, but we all know what Blake Bortles is, was, and I mean, heck, you wonder if he even has a career now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gardner Minshew showed some signs, but never long enough to even hold the seat down. Mm-hmm. Blaine Gabbert was a bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Foles didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of guys in between that just, you know, you kick the tires on, you try, and, and, and really nothing happens. So, you have a chance now with Trevor Lawrence yep. to sarcastically, if you want to say it, comes in here and in September of this year, in the opening month of the season, becomes maybe the second quarter, best quarterback in franchise history. Yeah. That sounds ridiculous to say, and it is, but it drives home the point. Yep. And quite frankly, by December, you might be talking about him. Already, as we know, this guy's going to be the best quarterback in franchise history. 
It's crazy to imagine, but that, I mean, that's the picture that I can see in my head happening. I think that's a picture a lot of people paint, sure. you know? And so that part alone, that says the story. But that's the obvious answer, the quarterback position. Well, next up, probably on the list, is actually tight end. Mm-mm. I, I disagree. Really? Yes. Where do you go? I go safety all day. Oh, yeah. Think back to the safety the Jacksonville Jaguars have drafted where it's worked out here. Oh, Donovan Darius. Okay, you want to go back? Oh, when did he get drafted? What year was that? Yeah, I mean, well, Donovan Darius was a big part of early on, but you're talking more recent history. I mean, if you want to bring up Donovan Darius, then I'll say Mercedes Lewis at tight end. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm not debating that the position has been okay. void. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm overall. Just saying, so he was drafted in 98, Donovan yeah. Darius. I mean, and Darius and was terrific. Out. Of course, he was fantastic. But if we're really talking about the 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 last like the last great safety the Jaguars have drafted is Donovan Darius, what does that say about your safety's draft class? Yeah, and they've really tried some. I mean, you know, I mean, you can say Nelson, but once again, like he was more of a talent other places than he was here. Yeah, actually, and Reggie was better. Uh, than I'm they, sorry, Reggie was. Yeah, yeah, yeah Reggie Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, 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 he yeah. was better than people than even the Jags probably were ready to admit. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a good player. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right. He had some of his better years after they parted ways, too. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. Like, I kind of think about it, and, and you're not wrong to say probably that safety is, is void of enough talent as you go back in. This doesn't mean you can't name players that were good, from Pete Mitchell to Mercedes Lewis to, you know, uh, yeah. to Kyle Brady. To, you, there have been decent players at tight end. But it's been void of production relative to the rest of the league, you know. And I think safety is probably another one. Although I think a safety is, I kind of think of it as a group in the secondary. So I go corners and safeties. And then you start, if you add the corners, it's actually been a position of strength. Sure. From Rasheen Mathis to Jalen Ramsey to even when they picked, brought over but, yeah, but A.J. Boye. Let's be honest, though, man. If you want to play it that route, then you got to add wide receivers to the tight end group and say pass catchers. That's that's probably fair. To yeah. Do. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm not arguing against you on the safety stuff. Uh, tight end is another so quarterbacks, tight ends, safeties, they've been voided down. There have been other areas, by the way. They've been very good. Mm-hmm. They've always had a running back. Sure. I mean, I before Fred Taylor burst on the scene, like, I knew this organization because of Natron Means. Yeah, yeah, And again, yeah. I, I understand from a draft standpoint, and there's some uh, the way you acquire a, it could be a little bit different, but then they had uh, Fred. Then yes. they had Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. You know, most recently they had Leonard Fournette, who, by the way, was ready to be third in the record books behind them if he had stayed another however many years. Mm-hmm. Easily mm-hmm. would have been matching some of those guys' numbers that they did, even if it didn't look as dynamic as those guys were. I'm not telling you that Fournette was better than them. I'm just telling you that he was getting ready to to join them in the Jags' record books. And now you've got a guy, James Robinson, who was off to a heck of a start with 1,400 yards from scrimmage. They've always been able to find a running back. Like, if you actually would take the identity of the Jacksonville Jaguars over time, you would probably say, man, they always have a running back. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're not Above wrong. Above anything else, you'd probably say they always had a running back. Over everything else? Uh, yeah, it's close. Because I'm trying to think back to, like, yeah. I mean, for some reason, wide receiver sticks out to me right now. Like, they've always had a wide receiver. But maybe that's just, you know, that's the Allen Robinson that's the Alan Hearns talking a little bit. Obviously, you had Blackman, but that, that didn't turn out well. Oh, see, so this is where I love this part of it, okay? 
the wide receiver, I did this study years ago. Okay. And Jimmy Smith was in 2005. For a long period of time, he was the last guy. Remember, I got here about 2008. So in 2008, 9, 10, their offense is just awful, pitiful. And you're like, man, they don't even have the guy that can catch the ball. I mean, throw it to him or, you know, that will impact the game in a, in a, in a game that was transforming into more and more and more passing. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Smith in 2005 had a thousand yard season. Of course, before that, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell were dynamic, right? Thunder and Lightning, they were terrific. It was just as much a part of the, the kind of the face of this franchise. Well, they went from 2005 all the way to 2014 without a thousand yard receiver yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That showed you how poor they were in wide receivers. Well, then all of a sudden, man, they get Allen Robinson. Has a huge year. Yep. Alan Hearns had the big year. Undrafted free agent. They pick up Marquise Lee, who had something. Obviously, never lived up to what everybody wanted. But then if you move forward, you have DJ Chark. You draft in the second round. Pro Bowl wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now you wonder with LaVisca Chennault, even a Colin Johnson. They've been now able to find the wide receiver position. I think you got to give a little credit to Dave Caldwell for being able to finally find the wide receiver position in an organization that couldn't for almost a decade. For sure. You know? For sure. Yeah. And so they flipped that narrative a little bit, kind of to the point where I'm – it's a great uh, comparison to what I think they need to do with the tight end room. They need to find the tight end room, kind of like the Jags were able to now find the receiver room. Is it the best in the league? No. Mm-hmm. But were they more dynamic? Were they explosive? Were they a threat? Finally, yes. They need to find that in – over the next few years under Urban Meyer, because of the way the league has gone, they need to find tight ends that can now relate to the NFL and almost instantaneously become the most productive tight end room that they've ever had in franchise history. Quite frankly, it wouldn't be that hard to do. I just think that it's kind of unique when we're talking about, and once again, I think it's a safety position hands down, because if you look at the swings and the misses at the safety position, um, that to me is number one. Now, yes, they have missed on the tight end position too, but they haven't really sacrificed a lot in the first couple rounds to try to get a tight end. You know, they've usually drafted guys later on in the rounds. I mean, Josh Oliver comes to mind. He was a third round pick. Obviously, third round picks got to come in and contribute, and he hasn't done that yet. But set aside from the Josh Oliver pickup, and I'm looking, you know, year by year here for tight ends, you don't see a lot of them in the top three, top four rounds. So that's why I'm so adamant about saying I think it's by far the safety position. The, you know, I, the, the, the peculiar thing about this draft, though, is we're talking about, you know, in the, in the second pick of the first round, maybe in the second round we have the first pick going into it. Tight end and safeties could be two big needs, and those are two positions this, this franchise through history, has not drafted well. Yeah, that's a good point. So you can make it more of a priority. Like, I felt like that for a long time with quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, they went a long time without even spinning the tires on quarterbacks in the early rounds. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's the most important position, folks. You might want to start spending some of those draft capital on a quarterback and at least they did. They they went got Gabbert. They got Bortles. Now they still missed, yeah. but at least they went and did some of that. It's crazy seeing the safeties that they, they've taken. Like Quincy, well, I guess Quincy was more of a linebacker. They haven't listed as safety when he got drafted. Is he really? Third, ra- third round pick, Quincy Williams, Ronnie Harrison the yeah, previous Quincy year. Quincy Williams is not a safety, though, for the no, Jags. He's no. a linebacker. Uh, Ronnie Harrison. Sample. James Sample in the fourth round. You had... Uh, see who else we got here. Oh, uh, Jonathan Cyprian. He was a safety, right? Yeah. Sip squad. He was taking the second round. Yes. So yeah, so one of the he, first picks they made. Yeah. So you got a couple of uh, 
you know, you got a couple swings and misses. And not to say Ron Harrison's not a good safety, but he's not here anymore. Like, that's yeah. what I'm kind of attributing well, to that's all true this too. I mean, Harrison looked like he was going to be a good player. I thought he was. Yeah. And he might still be a good player, but there's some maturity things there with Arnie Harrison where it just didn't work out. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you another position where I think the Jags turned it around. And this is where we get maybe safety is one of them, although I feel like it's less impactful. I'm not saying you you shouldn't have them or can't have them, but I feel I feel like it's more important in this day and age for the Jags to get the tight end room right mm-hmm. than it is to get the safety room right. And I just gave you the example of the wide receivers. Another room that they really changed the dynamic of was is pass rusher. Yeah. Because early on, I mean, you got Tony Brackens, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you had some nice players from Schmangi to Lagaman to you, you name it. But then you have this big void where they really try Derek Harvey. Yep. Right? Quentin yeah. Groves. Austin Lane. The late Quentin Groves. Yep. yep. Uh, but they did. They tried. Uh, you, Larry Hart. <laughs> we tried. Uh, it, no, so, but they spent they, they yeah. spent picks to try to get it. Yeah, Because sure. they knew it was a void. They of tried course. to flip it around. Well, then if you really look at uh, from what I would say 16 on, you yeah. pick up Yannick Ngakwe, and then, of course, you make the free agent acquisition of Calais Campbell. Just look at those two guys. They instantly become number two and three. All time in sacks in franchise history. And now you have Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. We'll see about Chase Hunt. I'm not going to put him in this category. But if you look since 16 in a position where you've been somewhat void of super big production outside of Brackens, you now have C- Campbell and Gakwe and Josh Allen in like a four-year span. Sure. But, so that's pretty good. But ironically, too, you also had Dante Fowler and Taven Bryan. You do. I would. I would less put Brian in this category. I'm not talking defensive linemen as much as I'm talking pass rushers. Okay. Uh, but Fowler fits. Sure. And I still. I. I understand the angst on Fowler and I. Andre I, Branch. Would you put him in the category? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's in that category, but he's a miss. Yeah. 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 He's a windmill I mean, miss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I see what you did there. But see, I don't. I still have a. I hesitate to tell you that Fowler was awful. Like, he certainly wasn't as dynamic as he should have been. He's not here anymore. And No, he's not. But uh, he just did some things that year, especially to get him to that AFC Championship game, and it was cr- clutch. Yeah. Like, he was big but in that no. postseason. See, but you he, know? He, no, I, I got that, man. I mean, he did come up but big. Especially come production, he's not even in the top five but in sacks, yes. It's the Ronnie Harrison effect. Like, Ronnie Harrison's a negative because he's not here anymore. Yeah, not here. You yeah. know, and maybe he's... he's Maybe he's still a good safety, but he's not here anymore. Dante Fowler could be a, a you know, he could have a ten, you know, plus sack season again like he did in L.A., but he's not here anymore. Yeah, you're right. And for, and for this conversation, that's where it fits. It's like, can you be? Did you draft top five, top six, top seven guys in franchise history? Yeah. At the position. Yeah. And and through drafting Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe, and the acquisition of Calais Campbell, they really changed around what they've done historically here. Pass rushing. Yeah. Same thing as they were able to do with the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So now the question is, can they continue to improve on that those parts? But can they turn around the quarterback room and the tight end room? And to your point, maybe the safety room. Can they get dynamic in that back end? Yeah. And so that's why they've always seemingly had some decent offensive line play. Okay? From Brad Meester to Brandon Linder to all the way back to Vince Manawai to obviously the first pick ever and Tony Baselli to... What they but have that, on their interior now is, I think, sufficient. Yeah. I think tackles since Baselli, they've been trying to figure it out. They haven't been able to do it. Sure. Right. Oh, you don't think Eugene was good? I think he, I I think he would fit the bill of the guys that we were just talking about. I mean, he he lasted one contract and was just okay here in Jacksonville. I feel like Baltimore got the better side of Eugene Monroe. Okay. 
I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't know. I, I guess I don't think he was a bad tackle at all, man. I, I think he was bad. I think, I think he, but I think you would much rather have him than even Cam Robinson right now. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought Eugene was bad. I just no, never he really thought he, he didn't lift. do himself any favors when he got down to 280 in training camp because he wanted to be on the cover of muscle uh, men's health. I mean, yeah. that didn't do him any favors, but I thought he was actually a pretty dependable left tackle, all yeah. things considered. Uh, I'll tell you another position the Jags have done well with, and that's linebacker. Yeah. Over the years. Yeah. They've had some really good linebackers. Like, even Let's in the downtime. Right? Yeah. Even like uh, from Daryl Smith's, right? Yeah. To Puzz. Miles Jack. To Miles, to Telvin. I mean, even in this last 12 years where they have not been very good, their linebackers have not been very bad. I'm not mad at those. These, I'm seeing the list here. I'm not mad at them. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've really been staples of the defense when you look at it. So the Jack, obviously, you could pick a lot of different positions. Quarterback is number one on the list. Yes. Tight end and safety is a very good uh, number two. Yes, uh, that they need to get historical production from, and they just haven't been able to find. Yeah, probably the top three. And well, if you can become dynamic in all phases, you'll be a pretty good football team. We'll see yeah, what they yeah. do uh, in that regard. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll update you on the NCAA tournament. Who won today? Who else you can cross off your bracket because we know it's busted. <laughs> and uh, a little more football talk, too, on Action Sports Hacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's a, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Um, I would say it's a, we played a big factor. I mean, we all know what he's done at different programs in, in college, um, how he's a, he's a team builder. I mean, his uh, his philosophy, it, it aligns with, with my philosophy. He's really big in the into, in speed, sports performance, um, and just getting the guys ready to go out there and just play hard, play fast, play physical. You know, it's just something that I, I mean, we just we clicked on that, and um, that's what brought me here. Well, good to hear from all the Jaguars free agents over the last uh, couple of days. I think everybody's talked now. Who was that one? Philip Dorsett. Yep. Bam. Thought I'd be one for sure that time. That one I just totally guessed that we hadn't used him yet. Ah. No, I, I started with attention. him. Oh, you started with him? I went, so I have him on the list. I, I started, I went down the list, and now I just Bring it up. around town. Cue's a little revolution there for you. I like it. <laughs> hey, if you missed it, Shock Your Mock season is underway. Make sure you check it out. You can find it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Go subscribe to YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast, yeah. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A bunch of people listening on the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, but uh, BC Ben, BCB Ben, BCB Ben uh, is our first shock your mocker. Yes. And it got shocked. Got shocked. Uh, I'm not holding back this year, Brent. No. I don't think I really ever do hold back. Full go. Um, yeah. Plenty left in the tank after that two and a half minute fight last week. Oh, you better, be- <laughs> you better believe it. Now we'll see. Uh, we'll see how I mean you could get along the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I should have plenty of energy to keep on going here. Uh, yeah. So send a minute hashtag shock your mock if you're on Twitter or just find us. We'll find it. Um, but you, we'll, we'll pick one each day. Uh, leading up to the draft. Should we ask, like, celebrity, not celebrities, like, we were somebody, but I mean, like, you know, draft experts, like, an NFL Network to do one? Sure. Okay. That's kind of your thing. 
you know, the, the connections you have. Oh, so, so, well, why I, don't you just say, hey, can you ask somebody? Well, I don't know. I mean, you have more Twitter followers than, than I do. You know, let me forget about that. So Highly connected. Those, yeah. You know, see what we got. I mean, we're an ESPN affiliate. We are. Yeah. I'll put the special request in. Maybe just would, have, reach out to Jason like, Fitz. like Bachman would do it and then shock his mock. Just, just all Iowa guys? <laughs> just all corn-fed I, I don't know. Who, who's Iowa's quarterback this year coming out? Is this uh, a guy coming out? Uh, yeah, C.J. Beathard yeah, back there again. You <laughs> there you go. I mean, Trade Iowa. C.J. Beathard. I feel like there's been an Iowa invasion in Jacksonville. Explain. I just feel like everybody's oh. from Iowa. Oh, for real? Like everybody's got Ooh. an Iowa connection. I mean... Who else Bach, besides yeah. Borish? Okay, my man true. Noah. Okay, oh, CJ Beathard in for a workout or, or try. <laughs> I mean, every uh, uh, <clears throat> Chris Doyle. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, hey, say no more. I got okay. you. Okay, there's a big connection. Got you. Okay, I, you're not wrong. I mean, we growing corn around here or what? <laughs> so they you're, doing Iowa? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's about this it. This is the new field of dreams, Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> is this uh, heaven? No. <laughs> is this Iowa? No. It's Jacksonville. Great. Right? And I nailed that? All right. Good, I think good. we just made a shirt. Good. Uh, <laughs> another one. I like it. Another one. Abilene Christian on top early over UCLA. Yes. I think UCLA is going to pummel Abilene Christian today. What do you do? When? <laughs> I know. They're down Soon? by four early. It just yeah. started. But. What do you mean just started? We're putting the game a little bit. Do you think UCLA is going to actually pound? Oh, now they're Abilene up 16-12. They scored eight in a row. <laughs> UCLA is up? Yeah. Okay. All I right. think UCLA is going to throttle them today. Okay. Any any other bold predictions for you? No, I just with the I, tournament. Listen, I watched that game in misery because of Texas. Yeah. And I love the upset, but that was such a fluky win. It was so that was like your typical Cinderella. What also makes March Madness terrific. Sure. But that was a fluky win. Like they're just an okay team. They. I told you well, earlier, they shot 30%, 19% from three-point land, and they hit some crazy shots even to get that high in their field goal percentage. Okay. To be, now, how about this? Texas didn't – I think Texas went on two droughts yeah. that lasted 12 minutes. They scored one point. Yeah. One point in 12 minutes. So, now, Abilene Christian's defense is very good. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're making excuses for Texas, though, a little bit. No, I'm, it's, I'm it telling you, like I can't you, believe Texas lost. Like, I don't know how you lose to a team that, first of all, is not better than you. Yeah. And secondly, shoots 30%, 19% from three, and you lose to them. But it sounds like you're saying that Abilene Christian, like, isn't a good team, and Texas just got unlucky. Like, that, that that's what it sounds like no. from my perspective. Well, like, that, listen, I didn't come out here and say, well, Illinois, you know, they got lucky. Like, no, Illinois just sucked that game. Like, no. And, and my bracket sucked. Well, Texas bleeped the bed, okay? There you go. But, Thank you. Uh, yep. But Abilene Christian was a fluky win, is my point. Okay. And I'll tell you this. The team I was probably the most impressed with of all the games I watched, and I don't watch everyone front to back, but... Hit me with it. ...is UCLA. <sighs> no, really, UCLA was... LSU? UCLA, if you go watch that game, I'd love to get, like, a coach's perspective on LSU? this. LSU? Yeah. LSU was pretty good. I told you. Final Ty, Ty thinks LSU's going to win tonight. I think so, too. Michigan. Okay, so it's all of a sudden me and Ty are on the same team now? Because, you know, I, I got LSU in my Final Four. Yeah, I know. So. That'd be something. Okay, Ty, I see his joining uh, forces. But UCLA, if you watch that game, mm-hmm. I would suspect if you're a coach, like if we got Driscoll on mm-hmm. and we asked him about that game, I would suspect that UCLA played with an intensity standpoint like a perfect game. Like they played every possession on defense against BYU – I thought they were in their shorts, man. 
Like yeah. they didn't take a possession off. I'm not even talking the offensive end. They they got hot and they hit some shots as well. Yeah. But they what they did to stymie BYU. Yeah, banging on the floor. They were good. Knows whose house it is. Yeah. They were good uh, yep. on defense, and I actually think that was a theme of the overall weekend. Mm-hmm. That if you got if you got down and dirty and played defense, you did all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know logic says that's going to be the case. That's a hard thing to do is get your team to play forty minutes of defense, a heck even thirty minutes of defense in college basketball. Absolutely. And and I think the teams that did that pulled upsets looked really good. And I thought UCLA like it doesn't often jump off the TV that a team's playing good defense. I thought it jumped off the TV to me that UCLA played excellent defense against BYU. And uh, I don't know how good UCLA is overall, but I think this is a game they're going to – this is what Florida hoped they were going to get into. They were going to get into an Oral Roberts team that got lucky. Yeah. The problem is Oral Roberts pretty good. Yeah. Abilene Christian got lucky. I guarantee you UCLA UCLA wins by 15-plus. Okay. Uh, 16-12 right now in the first half. I'm I'm just going to say right now. And Kuz, make this a button. If you, you better hope that Alvin Gretchen doesn't come back and fall off a miracle. Because I will never let you let this one down. That's fine. I mean, okay. I kind of hope they do. I'm rooting for I, every do upset. You know, do you possible. know these guys saying that they're going to get throttled because they got lucky? I'm just telling you, okay. what I, that's reality. Okay. Like they are. I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to need uh, to save just any credibility that I have in college basketball. I'm going to need Ohio to win tonight and also LSU to win tonight. All right. I think we have some unbelievable games coming up today. Hit me with them. Ohio Creighton. Yes. The Ohio the Ohio story is really awesome. Do you see that one player, the Preston kid? Yep. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Kids from then, or I think he's from uh, Orlando area too. I don't know that. Yeah, like he, he he was writing, he blogged. You saw this story, right? He blog he wanted to get into be like a sports journalist. Yes. And so he like bothered everybody and said, Can I write for you? Can I write for you? And somebody who like a blog for the Detroit Pistons picked him up. Mm-hmm. Said, Yeah, sure, you can write for free. What the heck? Well, he ends up going to UCF, or he's going to go to UCF, I think is a story. Um, and I think he was for, for, for journalism. And somewhere along the way, he grew like four inches yeah. and ends up like a stud at Ohio. Yep. But uh, no, but he was college like, basketball. I think he's like a great the recruiting. I mean, he was, it was an afterthought in terms of recruiting. Yeah, because he like was that. like six feet tall and yeah, now he's six yeah. four. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I probably just messed up his story, but go check it out. It's a pretty cool story. He, yeah, he was on fan. It was fan. Did you say fan sided? I think it was fan sided. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah where he was writing. And, and still, now, yeah. now I think they say he's a second round NBA prospect. Yep. Which second round's a little iffy. In I mean, the NBA. No, it is, but that still says something. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty something unbelievable. To take pride in, man. Yeah, it's a great story. It's yeah. pretty cool. So we got that game. I think could be good. I, I think Creighton's pretty good though. Yeah. I keep an eye on that one. Uh, LSU, Michigan. You think LSU, obviously. LSU, please. Michigan, though, looked really good, even without Shivers there. LSU, please. LSU's got Shivers. some talent. Shivers. I don't know. It's Michigan. I don't yeah. care. Uh, give me the Shivers. Uh, Colorado <laughs> and Florida State could be really good. Great game. I have no idea what to expect from Colorado, yeah. although I think they might have just played their best game. They played really well. What are you going to expect from Florida State? I think I know what to expect from Florida State. I think you're going to – they'll have probably a better offensive output. You know, they didn't hit a three-pointer in that win. Yeah, that's insane. I think I saw they were the first team since 2014 Kentucky to win a game in the NCAA tournament without hitting a three. What I expect them to do is shoot better. Sure. And I think Florida State wins the game. I think they're better, but I, I, that's with me admittedly not knowing a whole heck of a lot about Colorado. Mm-hmm. I also think – it's tough to play that good two games in a row. I think Florida State didn't play that great. Colorado played really great. 
And so uh, I give the edge, no doubt, to uh, Florida State. Maryland, Alabama. Maryland looked pretty good in that first game. Alabama didn't look that good they in the didn't. first game. They uh, didn't. So do they get right and trounce Maryland? That's the one game I could see as a blowout. Alabama beating Maryland, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I mean, regular season, Alabama's a great team. Like They don't have like an NBA style of offense. They could put up points really quickly. So I'm not... I'm not going to say you're wrong there when you say it's going to be a blowout. All right. And then the last one might be the best game of the day. Tough pick. Hit me with it. USC, Kansas. Yep. Really good. <sighs> really good. Yeah. I, I like, I mean, I have, I have USC winning this game. Um, I think I did too. Yeah. Which means Kansas, KU, Kansas will so win. Can, so Kansas by 20. Uh, Kansas, I don't know about Kansas. It seems like, and for whatever reason, like when I was a kid and even in high school, Kansas was the team. Like Final Fours, uh, yeah, yeah. championships, but it seems like the past five or six years, whenever I pick Kansas to go far, they always disappoint me. Like Kansas, to me, is like I'm trying to compare them to a team that would make any sense. Kind of like a Duke. I mean, Duke's gone in the finals though. I don't know Kansas to me, they always they underachieve in the tournament. Yeah, that's how I feel about them. Well, they've had plenty of. Um no, they've they, won some. They Don't get me wrong. They but. come more ballyhooed than their trophy case shows. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, I yes. think I think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, so watch. This is the year they'll go like win one. Kansas going to win. That's it. what happens. Put, you you, put your money down right now. Kansas going to win the whole thing. Uh, we'll it's going to be Kansas and Abilene Christian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. UCLA's up 19 to 12. Okay. The route is on. Okay. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I think we're really good games on this Monday. And uh They've staggered these to the really you're getting a bunch of games in prime time. Yeah. And so you get a couple afternoon games, but really the lot of the games uh, kicks off tonight around six o'clock. And you already got this UCLA uh, Abilene Christian game uh, going for now. Let's take one more break. Uh, we get back to some football to put a bow on the show here on a Monday. As now the draft countdown goes. Do you know how much Kyle Pitts weighed in at today, by the way? No. Want to get a guess? Take a guess of what his size and like his height and his weight was. Interesting. I'm trying to think. And keep in mind, he, 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 I've heard what he was. And, and he ran a four four six. Everybody. What is he? Six six guy. Correct. Uh, and uh, I'd say he's got your frame. Two forty. Okay. You you cheated. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what he weighed in. I thought, I thought he was lighter than two forty. I thought he was lighter. Six six two forty. He went four, in four, six, six. six two forty. Oh. Let's go in the parking lot right now. Let me try one out quick. Let me see what I can run. Six six two. It's my size. Two forty. That's how much I weigh. That's how tall I am. It's four, a tall. Four four yeah. six. Would you run the forty? In? I was two hundred seventy six pounds at the combine, sir, and then it was a four eight. That's pretty good. I could. Matter of four, matter of four five. Yeah. But even this, nobody says four four six. I know it's four four. He's closer to four five than he is four four. I might be closer to four five right now too. You know, we'll be back at ESPN six ninety. Run into this break at four three two five speed. Because one thing about Coach Mar, you know, it's all about winning. So he's going to figure it out, how to get the wins, how to consistently get wins, how to get a lot of wins, to build a winning program here, build the right culture, you know, get the right guys in here to, when he's not around, you know, he got his guys in there, they can count on that, you know, keeping the culture alive, keeping guys, you know, bought in into the program. Carlos Hyde? Yep. I wasn't paying attention. Don't worry, I got you. Is that what make you feel good, though? Nah. Good. 
what I wanted. Brad Martin, Austin Lane, Coos on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Give me one thing is uh, up next here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 from the weekend. Keep in mind that uh, we got FSU hoops playing tonight, 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 690. Live, local, loud coming up next. We'll have everything for you tonight on the TV side as well, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And while you're roaming around and watching some TV, click on ESPN690.com. Buy the Dream 18 card. You can still do that. Discounted golf, free stuff from local businesses. Go check it out, ESPN690.com. We will have Shock Your Mock again tomorrow. But how about give me one thing before we get there? Listen, I, I guess I'm on a college wrestling fix right now. You are. But, I like it. But give you one thing. Uh, Spencer Lee won his third NCAA title at 125 pounds from the University of Iowa. That's not the one thing, though. This dude did it with torn ACLs in both of his knees. Wow. He tore an ACL, I guess it would have been like early in the season, and then just eight days before the finals match, he tore his other ACL in a match. So, I mean, it was prevalent. He had like both like knees wearing wraps, and they were kind of bandaged up, but became a three-time NCAA champion with two torn ACLs. I don't, and I, I see people. And this is the best part too. How much time we got? We got a little time. This is the best part on Twitter. Well, were they fully torn ACLs or were they just partly <laughs> torn? Hey, the guy's got two torn ACLs, and he just completed one of the toughest feats in all of sports and won an NCAA title at wrestling. The end. Bad dude. One of the baddest dudes in the world. Shout out to Spencer Lee. Two ACLs torn. You know, but yeah, but maybe there's partially torn ACLs. So it's not a big. Come on, stop that. ACL is one of those weird things, like where you can you tear it, yeah, but you walk away. Like it's a, such a significant injury, it takes yes. such a long time to repair. Yeah. Yet it sometimes I, I've never done this, but I think some people say it doesn't even hurt. Okay. So are you saying it's not that impressive? Because you're, you're starting to sound like one of those Twitter people. No, now. I'm not. I'm just okay. saying it's a strange injury that well, you can actually function. You can't. Yeah, until you step on it wrong, the thing just gives well, out. Absolutely, I'm yeah. just saying. But you can walk. Like I'm not saying he, uh, that. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm saying a yeah. football player can tear his ACL on a play yeah. and stand up and walk off the field. Now, not all the time. Not all the time. But sometimes can. Yes. Like it's wild. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a freak injury because like an MCL like if you tear, tear your, if you uh, you get a torn Achilles, oh. you can't walk on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like carry me away. Correct. Yes. And it's super long rehab, and it's very painful. It's a very hard thing to come back from. Mm -hmm. But ACL is a long rehab. Yeah. It's not painful from that, like, as painful, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure for some people who do it, it really hurts like a son of a gun. But it's just wild to see, like, sometimes people don't even know they've torn their ACL. And they've actually torn their ACL. Yeah, usually when you blow out your knee, it's not just the ACL. It's also the MCL and the PCL and the meniscus and whatever LCL you got left. But um, with an ACL, though, like, yeah, you may not know that you've done it or it doesn't feel like an ACL. But then all of a sudden you step on it wrong one time and stuff just gives out. And then it's like, okay, yeah, something's not normal here. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I've never torn an ACL. Not gonna work. As we were heading back uh, from break, uh, when I said uh, UCLA was going to pummel Abilene Christian, they had rolled off 18 points in a row. Since then, Abilene Christian has scored a bucket. So it's 26 to 14 now. Okay. But uh, I got 15 plus win, and it's looking good looking so good. far for uh, UCLA. Uh, Mike, give me one thing. Speaking of blowouts. Maybe, and some people on Twitter shared this and said, once all as I said was Florida State baseball, very impressive this week. Mm-hmm. They swept Miami after beating Florida midweek, but they crushed them. Like 44-4, to four, they outscored Florida, Miami, Miami, Miami. Number fifth-ranked, sixth-ranked teams in the country. 
Florida State Baseball, who had actually got off to a struggling start. They got swept by Pittsburgh. Uh, they got beat by UNF. Um, and now the, this past week, unbelievable, 44-4 to over two of the top six teams in the country. Whew. That's how good they were. Didn't make an error all weekend against Miami. I think they struck out like 50 guys in 36 innings. Their pitching was terrific. And some folks, some baseball fans for uh, Florida State say it might have been the best weekend in the history of the school Wow! if you add it up. Wow. I mean, and they've been unbelievable at baseball for a long time. Yeah. So the history there is tremendous. But it might have been the single greatest weekend of baseball Florida State has ever played. That's pretty wild. Very impressive. Uh, so that's my uh, give me one thing. I like it. Here for today. Enjoy the uh, Monday March Madness NCAA tournament. Again, we'll have 7 o'clock ESPN 690. You're home for Florida State basketball. They go toe-to-toe with Colorado. That's a 4-5 matchup. It's tough to get a chalk matchup in this bracket. Coos, Florida State, are they rocking the turquoise jerseys tonight? Did you just retweet that? I saw that. I'm not sure if that's tonight or if they're working Brent? on bringing them back. Turquoise jerseys, yeah, your those, thoughts? Yeah, the, uh, they're rocking them. They wouldn't tweet that if they weren't rocking them tonight. Okay. Okay. I thoughts? like them. Okay. You don't? I'm not mad at him. It's just, I kind of like you're it. You're gonna change it up all of a sudden in the tournament now? Like I don't know. I, I can mean something, but I can be bad juju. They right don't there. need any of that superstitious stuff. Okay. Hey, listen. Good. They want to break it up. They didn't hit a three pointer the other night. <laughs> good point. Let's go turquoise. <laughs> Let's go pink. Whatever we can do. Yeah, we we can gotta do. change something. Just That's let a good the point. threes fall. That's a good point. They'll be raining tonight. They'll be wearing point. turquoise for the rest of the tournament. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. So that should be a good one tonight. Uh, More college basketball. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Live Local Loud coming up next, ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV later tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good one, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.